0: In this fast-paced realm of sales, your software should be seamless and your CRM should be a single source of truth for tracking your pipeline, managing leads, collaborating easily, and automating all of those annoying little tasks that trip up your workflow. HubSpot Sales Hub brings you that power in an easy-to-use platform. With 360-degree deal management and real-time reporting, you get accurate windows into every inch of your business. And with AI-powered tools like ChatSpot, you'll have a dedicated assistant that knows your business inside and out. So trade cold calls for warm leads and get on track for your best Q1 Yet, check out Hubspot Sales Hub at hubspotcom sales. Hey everyone, welcome back to Make It Happen Mondays, where we talk about sales, business, entrepreneurship, personal growth, mental health, and everything in between with guests who I truly respect and I think make a positive impact on the world around us. Now, today's conversation is with Jason Tan. The founder of Engage AI, the second brain to technical small business owners and founders in the B2B industry. He's probably one of the most knowledgeable people I've had on the podcast so far about AI, so I had a lot of questions for him, even going far as to get his opinion on is AI going to replace us all eventually, and how we need to self-regulate now so it doesn't get out of control. Quite frankly, I think we're past that point, but we have a good debate on it, and he's pretty much an optimist, so (laughs) it made me feel a little bit better, but... But anyways, I hope you enjoy the conversation as much as I did. Let's make it happen. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Make It Happen Mondays. We have a very special guest here, which I'm really interested in having this conversation with Jason Tan. How are you, my friend? Welcome to the podcast. I am good, John. Thank you so much for having me. Super excited uh, to be chatting with you. How are you? I'm good, man. I'm a, I'm a little tired. Not gonna lie, I, I took a vacation last week, and I'm paying for it now. So I really enjoyed the vacation. Um, but when you when I take a vacation, since I'm a solopreneur, everything <laughs> piles up, and uh, now I'm literally back to back every day. So, but hey, I'd rather be busy than bored. So I'm not gonna complain. Good idea. Uh, So, Jason, uh, just for the audience here, we're going to, you know, this is actually going to be a really, I I think, cool conversation about AI and not theoretically like real, because I I got some real questions for you with where I am in my business. So I'd love some of your advice there. Um, But I'm also really interested in in what you're working on, because it it hits on one of my biggest pain points as far as my memory is concerned. But before we get into all that for the audience let's go back and talk about your origin story, man. Where are you coming from? And and like I always say, like, you know, where'd you grow up and, and, and outside of work, like work's great I want to know that journey too. But let's start with you as a kid, where you're coming from, because I always like to know where yeah. people are coming from. <laughs> well, I am
1: a Chinese Malaysian, so growing up in Malaysia. Uh, went to, 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 to the school in Malaysia college and I came to Australia in a place called Brisbane. Uh, I believe that is where your wife did uh, her college yep. for a couple of years, <clears throat> and uh, about 20 years ago, and I met my partner here. I stayed for 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 job opportunity, and I actually have been staying here for the last 20 years in Brisbane. I did my I did move to the mixed world like Sydney for a good six nine months, but I only to realize that I love Brisbane much better. Uh, it's yeah. a great place to be. So. Uh, yeah, that's that's where I am. I mean, in terms of
0: where I came from,
1: uh, calling that, Australia yeah. home now for twenty years already.
0: <laughs> that's fantastic. So, did your did your uh, do your parent like do you still with your parents like are they still alive and, and do they still live in Malaysia or like where yeah. where and what and just out of curiosity, what do they do? They well, my father was a, a welder and
1: he ran yeah. his business, and uh, my mom as uh, a housewife. But uh, amazingly, she runs a, a travel business. So uh, she takes people to go travel around in Malaysia, and she absolutely loves it. Every time I see her photo uh, upload on Facebook, uh, is it's so much joy on, on her face. They are still in Malaysia, so I am like the first generation uh, uh, immigrant in, in Australia. So uh, it has been a really interesting journey. I. I probably would say that uh, it's something that is also part of building part of me and also doing what I am doing. And I'm, before we go into the detail about some of those work that we'll be talking about, I, sort of thought, I thought that we share that. Because I came when I was like, uh, <clears throat> and that already, when I was 20, 21. So you could imagine that I <clears throat> sort of like already built up a lot of my, I have that very strong the Asian culture rooted in me already. So uh, as I was coming over to Australia in the early days, I think probably even the first five or 10 years, it was actually very challenging Not uh, as a first-generation immigrant that uh, that I have to settle in and then new, learn a new culture and how to integrate. So I have to pick up, you know, the different kind of sport that people enjoy. Uh, I can't say that I really understand cricket. I used to play softball. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Robbie, uh but also I think is uh, the like even like big, little things like jokes because we have different way of jokes, right? So, as an adult, being a first generation much immigrant, it was a little bit difficult for me in the first five or 10 years to pick up jokes, to understand jokes because it's different, it's different for me. And I think that experience shaped the way that i think or perhaps allowed me to have more uh empathy on a lot of the first generation immigrants when i look at the people who uh migrated here uh as a first generation like maybe 10 sorry not 10 uh, even 50 or 60 years ago i can only imagine their courages and i have a lot of respect and like, like like in America, everyone is wanting to go to America for for all the great
0: opportunity. Really, have a lot of respect for them. <laughs> yeah, I, I have insane respect for immigrants mm-hmm. who come make you know and you know, the American dream. Whatever people think of it these days, whether it's perception or reality, is a different topic. But but oh. the ones who came and and work their ass off through all the adversity you know don't know the language usually come over with very little income or anything like that and then work their ways up like I I got nothing but insane respect for that because I can't even imagine I mean I've traveled all over this world and without you know knowing the languages I mean thankfully English you know is one of those languages that's relatively universal but man, when you don't know the language or the nuances or the, I, I'll give you a quick example. You know what? Yeah. If, Cause I might be going, I, I might be going back to India recently uh, in the next few months. Well, the first time I went to India, right? I, I was really taken back by this. You know how they, bolt their, their head, yes. like when they, when they, when they nod, like here in America we nod our head, yeah. like when I, when I'm right. agreeing with you, I nod up and yes. down. They yeah. go side to side, and, and I thought, and to us, that's kind of like I don't really understand what you're saying. You know what I mean? Like, like I'm, yeah. I'm, and so every time I was with somebody, I was saying something that I thought was very clear and very direct. And they'd be, you know, shaking their head like this. And I'm like, do you not understand what I'm saying? And it was like, a, this; it was just one of those things where I was like, what the? F-? And then somebody told me like, John, that's, that they nod their head that way. I was like, holy shit. It wasn't even something I thought of, right? So my point is like, there's all these little nuances of culture that, okay. that it, and there's a respect component to it as well. I talk a lot about this in my training where you gotta know the language of executives for instance mm. like if you want to talk to an executive you have to know how to speak the language of an executive because you always get pushed to who you talk like but even in other cultures if you show some respect for the culture yep people give you a ton of 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 runway and they want to help you yep. but if you're just like hey what's up where is all the, you know if you're a, like a jackass american that's like hey you know where's the eiffel tower like eiffel tower shit, right <laughs> but if you at least respect the culture in some way and are like, oh, excuse yeah. me, I probably do English. Like, I, I don't know French, but I know, excuse me, how do you speak English? Yeah. I find that when you show that just that little level of respect, the doors are open up for you.
1: That reminded right? me the story that I was doing my study exchange in front. And uh, I tried to learn French, but uh, it was really difficult for me. Uh, but I think one thing that I tried to do is obviously greet them in uh, French and right. uh, before i but sp- uh, before I spoke any word of English in asking whatever that I need, I simply tried to ask them to do they speak any English by saying anglais? Mm-hmm. yeah do you speak th- is that do you speak English and I yeah. think often that uh, even if they don't they they would try to help rather than being ignorant just speak uh whatever language that I was familiar with uh and I expect them to understand, yeah.
0: Hey, I want to take a quick minute to share with you what I'm working on these days with my new JB Sales membership. It includes live monthly training delivered by me on my two signature courses, Filling the Funnel and Driving to Close. It also includes monthly workshops that I'll be running on specific skills and different tech like ChatGPT and how to leverage it in the sales process. And it gives you access to my entire online catalog with every course and every tip I've ever done. You get all of this for $420 a year as an individual or $5,000 for teams and as an exclusive Exclusive offer to my podcast listeners. If you go to www.jbarrows.com and click on the individual or team membership and use code podcast, you'll get 20% off. Let's make this happen together. Yeah, and I think, and that's what what's going to lead us to this, this conversation about what you're doing right now, because I, you know, in looking at, you know, as I was preparing, I saw some of the other interviews and some of your posts, um, <laughs> the the product that you have so I'll, we'll we'll back into it but the the solution that you have addresses a very real challenge that i have um which is my memory you know we talked about this on the prep when we were we were having a conversation i if you ask me john what is your biggest weakness without question 100 percent is my memory i have a I, I i i can't remember names for the life of me Um, I I'm okay with faces and, and once I get into a a conversation, I'll remember some of the previous conversations, but I won't be able to pull those up right up the gate. And I've been, I've embarrassed myself because of it. I know I've lost opportunities because of it, because I I mean, let's see, here's a quick example. I've trained over 10,000 sales reps at salesforce.com. I know the executives there. I've met with most of the executives. When I go to Dreamforce, it's literally like my worst nightmare. Because everybody's like, John, what's up? John, 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 John. And I'm like, I have no idea who you are. So so talk about this, this high co-pilot product effectively that you have. I love the Devil wear Prada the, a, a example that you use, but could you explain, first of all, just explain what you're doing right now. What is the product and where did it come from? And then I want to learn a little bit more about how AI is helping facilitate this.
1: Sure. Now I'm gonna say let's call it as a second brain because if we go if we start the, ter- yeah, brain, uh, the, right. the terminology co pilot people are gonna confuse with the Microsoft pilot but what right. I- we have got working and that is actually what we get to the the whole idea of the concept of the second brain and we'll talk about that in in a second but when I first started uh, late last year I remember um, you know we got these ChatGPT hype. And we were we we got some product out there, and uh, we were just thinking about, all right, well, this this is really amazing, but what can we do about it? And one thing that became very very clear to me when we decided to do that is we want to build a product to help people to comment for a better for their attempt for getting attention. So what exactly my dad is when when their prospect, when their client post, one of the proven strategy that a lot of the salespeople, a lot of the SMB owners have been using for decades is comment on it for attention. When they post on LinkedIn, you go and write some comment. When you do it again and again and again, especially on LinkedIn where engagement is really low, when you do it again and again and again for seven, eight or nine time, people will be automatically curious of who is this Jason 10? That he always comment and engage on my post. And uh, I have to check it out. Uh, let's see who Jason any. is. So that is the whole idea that commenting for attention, proven strategy. It was a strategy that I was using for years in my consulting business. And equally, I know millions of SMB owners were doing that or the enterprise BDM. So that was what we do and we share to the market. And we have got 50,000 users around the world now is generating revenue. And along the way, we start talking more to our user and ask, what can we do more about it? How can we serve you better? And that came up, the concept of the Second Brain, uh, which is the what I call the the analogy that I use is that the Anna Hathaway as the reliable PA for Viral Street, where she whispered to her to say, the name of the gentleman who was coming out, the lady next to, to him, and uh, what, what is the thing that they can talk about? So that is, the, in a nutshell, AI commenting for in Along the way, we learned that how we can continue to improve to, uh, to 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 solve the problem for our user, and that is exactly solving the issue that you were saying that we can't remember name. It is exactly the same challenge that I share. I am not good with the surname. I'm good with the first name, but I'm not good with the surname. I yep. I don't remember birthday. Sometimes I, re- I remember the detail, but then right. we can't remember all the details. So that right. that is what we have been doing, and that. Is we are continuing to work and innovate towards to, to to achieve our grand vision.
0: Cool. So let me let me start with this because I had a <laughs> had a bit of an issue recently with LinkedIn. So let's start with the LinkedIn commenting piece. Um, and 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 I think you know, in some of the notes that you put down, you know, how do you how do you stay authentic in this world of AI and automation, right? And this is where I want to put you because I'm very concerned. With AI automating versus augmenting, and I think a lot of people are using automation. And what what really struck me uh, this is about a month, not even a month ago, I did a post on LinkedIn, you know, just sharing a piece of content that I thought was interesting. And within five minutes, I had five post four four posts that all weren't exactly the same, but had the exact same format with a slightly different analogy for each one. It was blatantly obvious that it was AI, right? so i took that i snapshot that i cleaned out the names, so i didn't want to call anybody out but and i pushed it on i put it on linkedin and i said please stop if you are using ai to auto comment on posts please stop because look in mail in mail has been ruined for a long time nobody gives a shit about email but the the, the comment the at least my my perspective on linkedin is that it it's you right so if you're commenting on my post that should be thought leadership. That should be engagement. That should be building your brand and your credibility, right? But as soon as I don't trust that it's you, as soon as I think it's an auto AI thing, it actually has the exact opposite effect. Now I don't trust anything that Jason is. And even the phone call that you make, you know what I mean? I think might even be something fake. So what's the line for you? And how do you use like you know what you're doing in a way that maintains authenticity but doesn't automate it so that it's like, oh, I'm just posting on everybody, and you know, and and it's great because I'm getting engagement.
1: Absolutely. So I'm glad you you bring that question up. So one thing that the the very principle that we we uphold that we champion is we want human to be in the loop, and that's very very important because. We we want human in the loop to to be to be staying authentic. We see ourselves as a tool, as a software, is like a uh, Photoshop, uh, where being a software we help you to become a better designer, uh, a, gra- a graphic designer. We be- we are the software to help you to become a better video uh, producer, but then we are not going to create necessarily auto generate the entire video for you. And to a point about that commenting is exactly the same way that we see it. And it's similar like all the AI copywriting tools as well. I think it is very, very obvious when people are using and, and rely on it 100%, you can tell and or you at least you smell it, right? Um, and same thing for the comment. Um, that is why, despite that, we actually have got hundreds and hundreds of requests, I actually have got uh, enterprise customer coming to, to me uh, two days ago and say, can you do auto-comment? Can we have a meeting? If you can do auto-comment, we're ready to sign up for a hundred account." And I say, I'm sorry, we, we 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 won't do that. And we will not do that. Um, so human in the loop, simply for a number of reasons, because we want to give them a chance for them to add their own personal touch. We want to give them a chance to eat, to add their personal thought. I mean, that is always five, two and a half, five percent of the people will probably ruin it. Uh, but at least from the stat that we are seeing, 95% of the, percent of the people, a lot of time, use it as a drafting tool. And you know, there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a word that we actually we use as well. We don't call it generate, we call it draft. We are simply there to give you idea Especially sometimes you have writer's block, or when you're tired, or you're not familiar with the topic, but equally, you don't want just to say things like, thank you for sharing, great insight, great post. I mean, if you were going to say those things, you might as well don't say any of those at all, because it's not going to change anything. Yeah. So we that's why we use the word like drafting, because it's so important that we draft it, we suggest it, and they have the final say to be authentic, to stay authentic to themselves.
0: That's, and that's, you know, and that's how it should be. You know what it's I right. mean? I, I, it's like that, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk and people who've listened to the podcast, they've heard me say this before. When I went to to Gary back in 2017 and had a conversation with him, I had seen an AI email that was better than I could have written. And I was, yeah. I was quite frankly, freaking out. And I was like, Gary, where does this leave us? as humans if, if a robot can write an email better than I could where does this leave us and he goes don't worry about it he goes you're not going to beat the tech he goes just be the last mile be the last mile let the tech do all the heavy lifting let it even let it do the research let it even write the post and draft the post but right before you hit send right before you comment make sure you humanize it because to your point you said something earlier where you could just tell I don't know how I can tell, but I can absolutely tell. And the way I, t- I explain it to people is when I get an email from an AI, quite frankly, a lot of times it's much better than what the typical sales rep sends me, right? Because the sales reps are, we've taught them how to be robots and they're doing these cadences and whatever else. So these, these AI bots are actually personalized, relevant, but I can't put my finger on it, but it, they just don't have a soul. Like I, I can just tell that it's just, like it's good, but I can tell it's not a human. And so there's that weird soul factor here that i think is is that i'm curious for you based on what you know of this field and how fast it's moving you and i can tell because we're in the space we're, we're sniffing it out i think most people who are outside of tech probably won't be able to tell are we going to get to a singularity point effect- effectively where you're not going to really be able to tell The difference between a human and an ai when it comes to commenting or emails and and i'll and i'll put a pin on that in my the way i explain it to people is let's use email for an example the reason we hate the reason we hate spam is because it's irrelevant okay so but why do i like instagram well the reason i like instagram is because i've trained that algorithm well that algorithms trained me right and and i've stayed on certain things and i've liked things and whatever so now every ad that i get placed on Instagram, it, I like. It's personalized. It's relevant. I'm like, I didn't even know I wanted it, right? And I buy it. I My belief is, am I, I don't know if I'm worried about it or quite frankly, happy about it, that in a couple of years, our inbox is going to be filled with hyper-personalized, hyper-relevant emails. And I don't really care whether it's coming from a human or not. Do I want to talk to a human? Yes. But do I care if that digital thing is is a came from a human? So where are we with that singularity conversation? That that like it's going to replace us totally, you know, with SDRs and BDRs. Where where are you on that?
1: I I think we are probably still quite uh, quite far away. And the reason why I'm saying that is because that whole hyper personalization, it doesn't come down to the model. It doesn't come out to the AI model, but rather the input of the data window rubbish in rubbish out and all the very fact that uh gpt chat gpt hallucinate from time to time is because when you don't give them enough data when you de- do not give them enough prompt to grow them to be able to tell but equally or i if i were to put it in, the, in another way is one let's say fast forward 10 years, we have GPT-10. No matter how smart GPT-10 become, it probably trained on the and get trained on the entire internet. GPT-10 would never know that I remember that your wife came to Brisbane before, because it simply doesn't have that data right inside. So the personalization that we will see in the email i think i certainly think and i agree and i believe it would increase but not to the point where those intimate details that i share between the two person and that is what i think make how we communicate that is make how we build relationship with people and maybe that is how we will continue to feel or smell whether the email is written completely by AI without the, the additional touch by the human. Like, for example, uh, I, I, I do use the AI to help me to write some email because writing is not my, 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 my strength. So a lot of time I write a point and I say, hey, can you make it a little bit more sophisticated for me? And then once I, why I got that copy, then I will also remove whatever, and then I also add some of the important thing that is important that matters to my recipient, and that is because I remember. That's because I have got it in my note. Or sometimes because I don't remember that that I have to go back to all my digital channel, all my email to remember to be able to search and find that deep that information, in order to, so, to put that in.
0: Yeah. So that's your tool though, right? So, so now let's go from the LinkedIn comments to the other part, like the, the second brain, right? Yeah. That, that memory that Meryl Streep and right. How does that work? Cause cause what I, you know, my brief understanding as I was looking into it is, you know, it's, it, it's Slack, it's Salesforce, it's, you know, you're looking at all these interactions and then you're pull, pulling out the pieces that matter, right? Like the, or that, that may matter. So how does, t- talk to me through t- like, literally, how does it work and what does it extract? And then what's the output? Is it, it in what format does it come? Does it come in an email? Hey, John, you're about to meet with Jason. Here's a bunch of stuff that you should remember about him. Walk me through that so I just understand it a little bit better.
1: Absolutely. Now, the first thing first is we are still working on it. So uh, it that that is not available <laughs> in the market yet, but that's the grand vision. But the key thing, I think if we take a step back, the whole idea of the second brain is it help me or it help us to remember all the information that we previously exchanged. all the private information. So when I talk about the data, I talk about the public data and the private data. So public data, it basically means if I go online, if I search for John Barrow, it's gonna give me the LinkedIn, gonna give me your website, your YouTube, and then other interview, those are public data. And that is where I could learn about you. But th- that is not the focus for me right now. The focus for us right now is the private data, being the email that we have already exchanged. For example, how how I reach out to you, what we talked about earlier. And all of these data is already um, in, available in the channel, i.e. being email, WhatsApp, SMS, LinkedIn, other social media accounts, and even like Microsoft Teams, Slack, and many, many other channels. One of the biggest problems that we actually have today is sometimes just to remember where that conversation happened in one of those channels. So the idea of the second brain is that I, if I could um, synthesize, if I could collect, all of those exchange that you and I have got across all of those channels, then before I meet you, I could I could ask my personal AI, I could ask my second brain and say, hey, I am meeting with John Barrow. Uh, tell me what we when was the last time we met? Tell me what we discussed last time. And also please remind me, uh his wife me. <laughs> That is the whole idea that it prepared me for, for, for a meeting. And before, before, before I wrap that, uh, wrap that up, I just want to highlight that it is actually a 21st century problem. It is a, it's a new problem that we have today because if you think about it, back time, 30 years ago, we only have three ways of talking to people. You call them up, you talk to them face-to-face, or you write to them in, in, in letter. I, I don't remember I ever wrote to somebody's letters, so I don't have a bunch of letters to go through, but that was the only true way that we talked to people. But the world that we live in today, we got mobile we got email, we got multiple email account, we got multiple social media we got multiple chat application. Uh, we have multiple business chat application and private chat application. The very fact that to remember where I share that details with you already a challenge and let alone remembering what exactly did i share with you but one last point that i just want to point out that as as you point out about the, the hyper personalization i think we especially the newer generation we are going to be trained to be expecting more and more and more personalization for the reason we are all saying Netflix know exactly what I like to watch. Instagram, Facebook know what sort of thing that I like to read. Google know exactly what I plan to shop. But yet our bank doesn't know any of those. So we are we are we are being trained to be expecting more and more personalization and that especially to get attention from people, I think hyper personalization is going to be more important. And that is where I see those are the two challenges that we have in the world that we live in today that we're making it certainly brain important. But all in all, as a human, we all want to be appreciated. We all want the attention. We all want to be remembered. It makes no sense to me that if I come up to you, I say, hey, sorry, I don't remember your name. I don't remember how we met. Do you mind remind me who you are? Yeah. Yeah. if i were to say that to you i would never be able to make any business deal with me. yeah so i think fundamentally yeah, I mean, it is the human it, it is a human nature of us to expect a lot of those things what i'm muting is a is a is, is a software it's a tool to help people to get better at it.
0: Hmm. <laughs> quick break here to highlight another one of the podcasts on the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. Now, this one is Success Story, hosted by Scott Clary. Success Story features Q&A sessions with successful business leaders, keynote presentations, and conversations on sales, marketing, business, startups, and entrepreneurship. And I just got introduced to this podcast recently, and one of the ones that really caught my attention was the one with Ryan Blair. Ryan's the founder of Aftercall, a platform that offers science-based healing modalities such as meditation and breathwork to awaken humanity to the next level of consciousness. He also created the Blair Foundation, a nonprofit that supports entrepreneurship education for single mothers and at-risk youth. Now, you all know I've been on this journey to learn a lot more about myself and spirituality and all the different things that are more important than the day-to-day lives, and this is really getting into it. And you also know that I'm a huge proponent of helping at-risk youth and single mothers and women in sales and everything else. So this really struck home. So listen to Success Story wherever you get your podcast and let's make it happen. And I think that's so, so I'm going to, I want to clarify something though, because you said that my wife, you you knowing, like in our conversation right here, you knowing that my wife went to Brisbane, right? That's a memory. But yet this, what you're working on is listening to this call and is going to remind you that my wife went to Brisbane so why isn't it then the next logical step that that ai that has that super personalized stuff then doesn't reach out to me and use that as a way to engage and is that like the, the 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 i mean obviously that's not the way it should be used but my fear i guess is fear i mean look there's so much information about all of us out there with all these recordings to your point like we have all these different channels I mean, you unleash AI on some of this stuff and it can get really personal and actually in a frightening way. So how do we, how do we, and, and I guess this is a bigger question for you, can we control AI or are we already past the point of controlling it and we just got to ride this wave? Because I obviously there's a lot of people who are scared shitless right now, right? I mean, what happened with Microsoft and OpenAI, the reason they fired him is because, you know what is it what is it called uh general ai where basically they were working on a project that had basically woke up and it said okay humans we don't need you anymore and he was trying to hide that from from the board and and there's a lot of people out there like okay like my wife she is anti-ai in every way because she's like we're feeding the machine we're just we're just feeding it everything and eventually it's going to take over so where are you i guess on the fear factor of all this awesome cool stuff and how it can help facilitate really cool conversations right now But in a year, is this shit going to wake up and be like, "Uh, sorry, Jason, don't need you. Sorry, John, don't need you. Like, where are you on that realm?
1: I am not sure we would come to that point yet, but uh, I'll break it out into three different parts. The first thing is, I think to some extent, we are past that point in terms of the the data, yeah, the the data that we share with people. Pretty much everything that we do, we say, is recorded. Is yeah. one way or another. The very fact that I talk, uh, you are in the state. I am
0: in the state. Yeah, right. I talk with you. <laughs> this thing's list, this iPhone for people to listen this iPhone is listening to every word i say you know what i mean like absolutely everything if the government wanted to they could turn on my microphone right now and listen to this without even trying like i get it like like what everybody this goes brings me back to like remember um edward snowden right remember here in the states he you know all of a sudden we're like oh my god you know the government's listening and everybody got all up in arms and i was just like please are you serious i'm like you really think and so my first question always to somebody who was really pissed off about oh i told you the government was listening i'm like okay you're all up in arms about this right um have you changed your passwords yet uh well no well then shut up we will trade convenience for our for our stuff all day long i mean think about amazon amazon knows everything about me and i love it because i want what it's suggesting to me so i will trade convenience in a heartbeat over my personal information and people just need to get re- like so it's out there whether we like it or not right so i'm sorry to interrupt but that was just a perfect example no I,
1: I agree i agree and also because of the way that we communicate this day um is, is we, 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 we we don't do face-to-face meeting i mean we still do but it's it's part of that part, part, part of the channel. But the very fact that we do the communication uh, digitally in multiple channels, it basically means that a lot of our data is already recorded. And to your point that we are trading for for the loss of the privacy is already happening. So that itself, for whatever things that we are doing already, it basically means that we are already passing that point where all our data is available. I think that brings me to the second point is Will AI reach out to you and automatically email you and say that, hey, uh, John, uh, are you and your wife planning to visit Brisbane again? I think it will bring back some memory of her. I I mean, I I suspect that maybe someone will view it. Um, It's possible. I know that I wouldn't want to automate that whole thing. That is our principle. That is what... We, we we think I I don't think we should automate the entire thing. I mean, what is this joy of life if you just get everything <laughs> automated? But I think that brings up the the key right is that what is the principle? What is this ethical that we want? And I think that is obviously not uh, not every single person will uphold that value, uh, the ethical and the responsible AI. But judging on what we are seeing around the world or all, all the main researcher that is doing is that, and even in the enterprise, before they talk about uh, deploying or, or or adopting AI, a lot of times they talk about, okay, what is the responsible AI framework we are going to talk about? What What is that ethical AI that we need to consider uh, before we do all those things? So I think there is a lot of the positivity in there. Um, that I am seeing, and no doubt that will be always. Uh, 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 there will be always few people uh, destroying the party, and I'll use internet as a as a classic example. I mean, the very fact that we invented the internet, that has been that brought so much positive to the humankind, to to, to every single person around the world. At the same time, we can't deny that the, the dark web where it is trading all those illegal goods, illegal products, all the crazy stuff. And I think that is the way that we should look at the technology. Some of the great technology will bring harm to the human kind, but equally we have to examine all the benefit that it brings. It is up to us to manage it. It's up to us to control it. It's up to us how to deal with it. We can't stop it completely, but we can we we as a society, we as human, we can we can manage it.
0: I hope you're right, man. I, I really do. I, 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 cause I, <laughs> I have, you know, one of the things that scared me, and I don't know if you've read this, but uh, I, I, I came across this book. Um, have you ever read The Mother of the Matrix? Ah, no, I have never read it. Oh. So, this woman, um, she, well, this is the book about the woman, but this woman apparently wrote a book before. Terminator and Matrix were movies. And it was the Terminator and the Matrix, but the Terminator was the prequel to the Matrix. And then the story was about how Hollywood stole it from her and all this other stuff. But I look at this, you know, as I read this book, and if you think of the Terminator and the Matrix, it it almost feels like a biography of what's happening to humankind. Because if you think of Terminator, right, the first time... By the, the, I think it was the second terminator where they projected into the future and they said well when the machines woke up and started to come after us well we that we had to kill their power source right so we killed the sun with the nuclear winter and then they had they didn't have any power so they looked to humans they put us into pods and they clicked us right so like if you look at this it's almost like skynet is ChatGPT, right so i think there's this you know there is the sky oh my god we're all freaking out but i'm, I'm more on the positive side than i'm on the negative side at the end of the day and I, and I just hope the good actors outweigh the bad actors. And as it relates to what we're doing in sales, I think it's the same thing. It's the good actors and the bad actors. It's like these cadence tools. When used right, the cadence tools are good. When used as spam engines, they're terrible. When AI is used to augment, whereas that second brain, it's great. When it's used to automate, it's a nightmare. So are there do we need to have almost a code of conduct um, or something that that talks about that ethical usage of AI? And, and where is that going to come from? Because I think there's ethical people, obviously there's ethical people that are going to try to do their best. But laws, at least here in the States, you know how government works, it's a nightmare, right? They can't catch up. They're going to slow everything down and it's a disaster. So how can we as a population control this and and self-regulate?
1: That is a very very tough question, and uh, I'm not sure if I have the perfect answer for that. But I always believe that uh, it's probably going to be come down to the combination and the effort coming from. The both sides, the self-regulation and also the government regulation. I absolutely agree that the uh, government regulation is, is slow, it's concrete, and by the time they pick it up and we are well, we are probably on the ChatGPT ten already. <laughs> uh, but uh, but to, to, to a certain extent, I think the government regulation would still be important because we as a human, sometimes we just need to look up to something in order to be able follow to 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 uh, to follow some of those regulations so I think the government regulation is equally important I can only hope that there are more and more data and more and more AI people but equally the government understand that the challenges that they have and uh, the bureaucracy that they have they need to speed up they the world that we live in is moving so fast that they can't and they can no longer operate like they did. 50 years ago where it took them a week just to debate a topic right so they had to speed up so I hope they recognize that and they will speed up that equally the sound regulation I think it explained a lot It need from us that where exactly what type of the future that we want to leave for our kids our, gen- our next generation and I think it is always going to be that and I remember. I think that that reminded me is is that uh, the the founding uh, prime minister, or the founding father of the Singapore, Lee Kuan Yew, he said that uh, the young people are supposed to be rebellious. The young people are supposed to be voicing out their frustration because if they don't. What sort of future, uh, what sort of the, the, the leader do we want the next generation for, right? So the point that I'm trying to use that as analogy is that self-regulation is equally important that we want the AI researcher, we want the people who work in this field, wanting to be self-regulated, wanting to do the right thing so that so they can share that voice to the wider community. So for a classic example is, I know money is tempting. I know subscription is tempting that I just got this enterprise client who want to sign up a hundred account. If I could automate that for him, but I have to say no to him, no matter how attractive it is. I just have to say no, because that is not the product that I want to build for people. That is not the product. That is not the way that uh, the future that I want to live for my kids, where they are doing nothing, and then they just got their AI talking to other AI, and then have everything done for them. I think the, the the manual label, is there is always appreciation of that manual labor. So I think it's a combination of that those two.
0: Yeah, and I, man, I hope there's more people like you out there, Jason. I mean, because <laughs> I, you know, I, I really do. Thank you, um, because I, am I'm, I'm aligned with you. Uh, you know, I really am. I, I think it, this, it, there's so much good that can come from this technology. Um, but there's bad actors and you know, and I know it, you know what I mean? That, that are going to go off the rails. So I just hope there's more good actors than bad actors. Uh, Jays, I'm going to finish up with this, which is for you and your product, like this seems something cool, like that is going to help out a lot and, and make that human connection, I think probably faster right? So, you know, maybe I'm going to forget, but it's, it's going to expedite. And I, and I do believe right now because we're in a digital world, we do need to find ways of kind of skipping the line a little bit in, in in trying to figure out how to connect with people more authentically. Um, and I think that what you're doing here is, is is aligned with that. What are you most excited about for the next six months for you? Like whether it's the product, whether it's the industry, whether it's what's happening, like what's something that you're just like, when you wake up, you're like, I am fired up for this.
1: ID is about getting the product to more of the hands of the technical SMB owner or the technical yeah. founder. Uh, that excites me. Uh, when I hear, uh, when I interview the user and they tell me how it has been helpful for them. And then as I continue to ask them questions to understand the challenges that they have, I share their challenges. I, I share the challenges of the technical SMB owner, where they were not they were not born as a natural salesman, as a salesperson, but yet and yet they are they are they are out there trying to build their businesses. They are trying to build their career, and they have to learn so much. They have to go. They have to go through all the things that I have that I went through to learn the importance of remember the names of the people. The, re- the important or uh, remember the needs of the kids, what they do, all the little detail, uh, just to become a better salesperson. And I'm excited to help those people because it's not easy for them. I've been through that journey and I can see how Second Brain can help them to skip a few obstacles and to skip all the wrong paths that they, they would have taken and help them to, to, to become a better sales person in order to build their vision as technical founder, as a technical SMB on I think mm-hmm. that is what I'm excited about.
0: Love it. Well, look, I'll be a customer. Uh, so if, if I get say, cause I, like, again, this, this hits a, one of my biggest pain points. I, I do have a roadmap request for you. If, if, if you're taking roadmap yes, requests, sure uh, connect it to Google glasses. So that I'm when right. I walk up to, with, with facial recognition, right? So if I could be in a room and have all of a sudden, oh, John, that's Jason, and it's right here in my eyes, exactly. and it comes in and it says, hey, this is the last time you talk to him, and that type of thing, that would be the, <laughs> like, the <laughs> euphoric state, right? So if you can make that happen, man, I, I I'll I'll be an it, investor for crying out Mark. It, it is. It is part of the
1: roadmap and the grand vision, because when we do all of those things digitally, it only makes sense to come to the Google Glass. Yeah. And then if we are crazy enough, that we could probably put that into the chip that we are going to put in our brain as well. Yeah, right.
0: <laughs> that's, a, that's Elon. That's Elon embedding chips. That's that Elon, thing, I, yeah. I, yeah. I, if Elon yeah. Elon, if
1: you are listening to this, I'm building the second brain uh, for your chip to be inserted into right. the brain. And uh, we are ready to partner up.
0: <laughs> um, well, you, you know what's funny about that, the, the last point there is, you know, Elon talks about, you know, like people like embedding chips in their brain. Everybody's like oh, cyborgs and that type of thing. And he made a point the other day that was very valid. He's like, you're already a cyborg. He's like, just because the chips not in your head, this is the chip. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like we all walk around with this phone tied to our like for everything we do. So yeah. the fact that it's in our hand versus in our head, what's the fucking difference? so anybody who's freaking about the cyborg scenario it's you're already a cyborg to a certain degree so it's just the next evolution of it
1: (laughs) that is a good point i never thought i never thought about that but yeah Yeah. that that is a good
0: point so yes google glass and cheap as well yes yeah bring it on all right jesus let's tie this thing up um where can people find out more information about what you're working on about you or where do you want to send people
1: uh, check out our website, engageai, engage-ai.co, uh, or find me on LinkedIn, Jason Ten. I uh, post a lot about uh, how people can get better in sales with uh, AI tools, and again, uh, how AI can augment their uh, the, the, the sales skill set for the technical founder, engage AI.
0: Love it. Awesome! Well, thank you for coming on. This has been a fun conversation, and uh, and like I said, I hope there's more people out there like you who are doing the ethical side of AI that we can use this for for good and and uh, and limit the evil, if you will. So I really appreciate you coming on here, Jason. Thank you so much.
1: Can I can I throw a gift for your listener uh, for whoever? Yeah, absolutely. Please do. Yeah, try, try out. So if you're listening yeah. to this uh, podcast or you're watching this on YouTube, and if you believe engage AI is aligned with. Uh, what you do and you want to use AI to help you, to augment uh, your prospecting and uh, selling. Use a coupon code of B 23 two three, B uh, for boy, F for Farah, two and three. Get twenty three dollars discount and try it seven dollars for the first month. And uh, help us to continue and give me feedback. I love our feedback as we are continue to build up the second brain all the technical SMB
0: owner well fantastic man well, hopefully everybody takes you up on that offer so i appreciate you giving that to the audience here
1: thank you so much thank you so much for having me it has been a great fun i'm glad that you asked all the tough questions it's uh, <laughs> further helping me to validate in terms of what is the right thing to do what is it what is not the right thing to do and where exactly where we want to be heading but equally um why it could be useful and why why, and and how it could be used
0: yeah i think that's we got to keep asking those tough questions right so i think all of us need to keep asking those tough questions to make sure that we stay on track so awesome man thank you everybody yeah thank you jason and look everybody thank you for joining us hopefully you enjoyed the conversation as much as i did and got something out of it got you to think a little bit differently and like i always say at the end of all these podcasts go out there and make somebody smile today Because no matter how bad your day goes or how bad you think it went, if you make somebody smile, you know you had a good day. And the world needs a lot more of that right now. So thank you all very much. And I will see you on the other side. I hope you enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. With your support and our incredible guests, we're one of the top sales podcasts out there right now. And I can't thank you enough. Now to keep the momentum going, it would mean the world to me if you could go and leave a five-star review on your favorite podcast platform and share some of your favorite episodes with your network. Also, check out my new website, jbarrows.com, where you'll find even more ways to engage. There's a ton of free content, and you can also get trained from me directly as an individual or for your team. Look, I'm out there selling every day just like you are, and I'm doing my best to stay on top of all the latest trends in sales and technology. So if you're looking to level up and you give a shit about this profession of sales, let's connect and make it happen together.